morning, everybody. Great uh, to be with you this morning. Great to come and share together. Nice to have the young people back from Soul Survivor. They've had a great week and uh, really uh, met with the Lord as they've been away. Had great fun together and it didn't rain. So that was pretty good. They've done pretty well, haven't they, this week? Um, so uh, great. To, we'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. Dan and Maddie have gone off on holiday. They've exhausted themselves. So they're away. But uh, it's great to be together this morning. Come and share just a couple of uh, things this morning. Jenny's just going to bring a little reading. Come on, Jenny. Um, just that she was feeling. And uh, Joe, where are you, Joe? I can't see you. Oh, he's gone. But uh, he'll, he'll, he'll let me share it, so I'll share it in a moment. So Jenny just, you know, she came just in the reading. I mean, we just come to the end of it, but just a little reading that uh, she was just feeling on her heart. So let's, let's have a look. All right. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And everyone sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God people from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And in a loud voice they all sang, Worthy is the land who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And all the creatures said, amen, and fell down and worshiped. Thank you. Yeah, just, um, it's good just to share those scriptures. I know uh, Joe just came and just shared with me as we were singing that song, I'll come to the altar, the blood of Jesus. You know, that's what's distinct about us today is that we believe that the blood of Jesus changes lives. And, uh, you know, Joe was just feeling maybe for somebody here this morning, uh, you need to hear that afresh this morning. The blood of Jesus changes your life, cleanses you, gives you hope, establishes you. And, you know, that's where we are this morning. We want to worship the Lord and just uh, share what he's done for us today. That's why we gather together this morning as people of God, isn't it? Because of what Jesus has done. And uh, we have to remind ourselves of that in, in this day and age when everything's happening and uh, all kinds of stuff is taking place. You know, the church is the hope of the world. You know, in a, in a world where everything is kind of like up for grabs, in a world where everything uh, uh, and people are looking to fulfill their lives in all kinds of ways, we mustn't let go of the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ. It's the core of what we are. We, you know, in September, we're going to preach a little series just on who Jesus is and some of these great anthems about Christ. Because, you know, the truth is we need to know what we believe about Jesus. Hello? We need to know why we believe. We need to know why we have faith in Christ Jesus. We need to know what, what is drawing us. You know, it's all right to have an experience, but we need a faith that gives us stability to live for God in, in these days and to follow him through everything. And so we're going to kind of share a bit about that. I want us to come into the scriptures this morning um, and uh, just share together um, a little verse that um, I've been kind of uh, dwelling on for a little while. And um, when I came uh, this weekend, uh, Later on in the week, really, just to think about it, I came back to again and again. I just want to try and unpack a little bit from it this morning. We're in Psalm 23. Most people should know this. If you've been in church for a while anyway, you'll recognize it even if you don't know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I want to talk about declaring the goodness of God. You know, um, we all declare stuff in our lives, don't we? We all talk about stuff. You know, we all talk about it's been a good week or a bad week. We all talk about whether it's been a, in Britain, we're obsessed with the weather. We talk about whether it's been a nice day or a bad day. You know, oh, it's been a bad day, hasn't it? It's been a rainy day. You know, we talk about it. And, you know, I, th I think the truth is the Bible says out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Have you ever got caught out with the overflow of your heart? Have you ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time and uh, just offended everybody around you? Do you know what I mean? Or is that just me? Most Sundays. Um, you, know, we, you know, we find it in ourselves, don't we? we out of the overflow of our heart. That, and if the wrong thing is in our heart, then actually it does come out in how we speak. If the wrong thing's in our heart about how we uh, think of ourselves and how we think of God and how we consider the situations of our lives, then very often we speak. You know, terrible is a great example of that in the Old Testament where the spies are sent out and to, to look in the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land that God has just brought them out of Egypt for. He's performed mighty miracles for them. He's, he's, he's uh, parted the Red Sea for them. He's defeated the whole of the armies of Egypt for them. What an amazing moment. And so they go into this land of promise, the thing that God has been leading them to, the thing that they should be more excited about than anything. And they go and look at the land and they say this over their lives, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes and we felt the same way too. Wow, that's not a great declaration about yourself, is it? Hello? Sometimes we, we have that declaration. And I want to talk about a declaration of faith because you see the word has stuff to teach us about what we de declare over our lives. And I love this. I was reading this verse uh, this week. I, 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 um, when I read the Bible, I, I do it on my phone and I have a little app. And so when I read the scripture in my daily readings, I very often come across a verse that speaks to me. It's how I, it's how I study the Bible. I look for one verse in the passage. And, and, and I was looking through these scriptures. I've got about 700 of them now in this, this file on my phone. And uh, I, I came across this great verse in Hebrews. You know the verse. For the word of God is alive and active. That's amazing, isn't it? The word of God is alive and active. In other words, God has something to say and it's powerful and can change your life. It's alive and active. Listen to this, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates. Hey, you know why you need to read the Bible? Because you need to allow God to penetrate your life. It says, even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. See, sometimes if we just let the word judge us, we wouldn't let other people, we wouldn't worry about what other people say so much. Because the word judges us. The word kind of penetrates our heart and, and deals with us. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. An amazing description of the power of the word. And so I want you to think about what you're declaring over your life today. Because David in this psalm, this incredible psalm that we all love so much, he makes, some, he makes a great declaration. It's kind of my 
just a verse that excites me. The last verse of it says this, surely, everybody say surely. In other words, it says absolutely, definitely, whatever happens, this is going to take place. Surely, absolutely, definitely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Anybody ready for that? Sometimes we have to declare it over our lives. Friends, and I just want you to get this scripture this morning. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to come on to that in a bit. Because I don't know about you, but we need to start to declare truth over our lives. And when you read the psalm, you realize that actually David understood the context of his life. Because his life wasn't a straightforward work. His life wasn't just one of those lives that everybody else seems to have. You know, you look around and you think, oh, they don't have any problems. Everybody looks so nice in church, don't they? Turn to the person next to you and say, well, I'm not sure about that, but that's okay. Everybody looks so godly. Everybody looks so wonderful. Everybody looks so trouble-free. But the truth is, David is carrying all kinds of stuff in his life. David is a murderer. David is uh, an adulterer. David is someone who has betrayed his vows to God. But David is also someone who God says has a heart for him. Isn't it amazing you can be both those things? Just look in the mirror, friends. Because I can be like an angel one day and like anything else the next. Because that's who we are. But by the grace of God, I'm becoming more like him. And I'm seeking to live for him. And so in this moment, David understands. He, he talks about it in the psalm. He says, you know what? I've been through the valley of death and the Lord's been with me. I've rested by the still waters and the Lord's refreshed my soul. He says, I know what it's like to have that. I know what it's like to have to fight. He said, I've sat in the presence of my foes as they've accused me and planned against me. And God said, hey, let's have dinner together. He says, I understand this breadth. And he says at the end of all of that, surely, definitely, absolutely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Friends, what do you believe is following you? I heard Brian Houston speak on this passage years ago, and he only said this line. He didn't preach on the whole thing. But you know what? It absolutely profoundly affected me. He said this, you cannot control what confronts you in life, but you can always know what follows you. Oh, amen, Dave. Great point. See, you can't, can you? You don't know what's going to confront you in life. None of us do. We don't know what's going to hit us in the days ahead. We don't know what's going to uh, come our way. We don't even know what mistakes we're going to make and what errors we're going to bring into our own lives. But friends, we can know as people of God what follows us. Because David tells us, surely, absolutely, definitely, certainly, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I want you to talk about, I want you to think about this because David brings it as a declaration into his life. David speaks it over his life and over his circumstances. And I want you to think about what you speak over your life about the purposes of God for you, about the promises of God for you. Because very often we live in kind of like, you know, uh, kind of neutral in, in terms of what we believe God wants to do. Hello? And God wants us to live in engaged, in drive, in pushing forward, in declaring the goodness of God and uh, taking hold of what God wants for us. And so I want, I, I want to bring out of this three declarations that David makes that I'm excited about. Okay, you ready? See, if your words become negative rather than positive, then what you declare becomes negative rather than positive. And you start to speak that over your life and over other people's lives. Because your faith declaration becomes a fear declaration. 
your faith declaration becomes a problem declaration. It becomes, well, why has this happened? What, what, what could, what good could God do in this? And friends, I understand those questions, but if they become the defining line of your life, if that becomes the declaration of your life, then actually what it does is it turns you away from God rather than towards him. And so somewhere in the middle of this, David says, hey, listen to me, people of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He says, I know what it is to be in plenty. I know what it is to be in want. I know what it is to be right close to the purposes of God. I know what it is to walk far away and to mess up and to make terrible mistakes. But hear me, people of God, this is my confession. My confession is surely, absolutely, certainly, definitely, goodness and love will follow my life. Hallelujah. What do you believe today? I tell you, church, we are in the days of the church having to rise up in faith and declare the goodness of God and declare it over our lives because our world doesn't believe it. And we need a church that's, yeah, you know what? I believe the goodness of God. I believe in who God is. I believe that goodness and love will follow me. I can't decide what confronts me, but I will declare it. So three key declarations I want to give you today. First is this. Whatever happens, say whatever, whatever happens, I'm going to live in the goodness of God. Whatever happens in the days ahead, I'm going to live in the goodness of God. Whatever happens today, I'm going to live in the goodness of God. It doesn't matter where the situation is that I'm facing, I'm going to live in his goodness. Whatever is confronting you, and you maybe don't have much control of it, you can't avoid it, you're perhaps surrounded by it, but listen, it's not the definition of your life. Surely, goodness and love will follow you. Don't you love that? I want to live in that truth. I don't care if you're disappointed. Disappointed in yourself, disappointed in somebody else. Friends, surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. I don't care if you're discouraged. It might be difficult. It might be overwhelming. It might be all kinds of reasons. But surely, goodness and love will follow you. It's got to be your declaration. See, if your declaration is, I'm so discouraged by everybody and everything, you're going to become separated from the heart and purposes of God. But if, you're, if your confession is, surely the goodness and love of God is going to follow me, even in the midst of my discouragement, then you're going to come through it. It's got to be a, a confession of faith. See, when we get baptized, we say, upon your confession, because you've confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's amazing. But listen, that's only the start of your confession. The declaration of your life comes three years later when you're standing in the midst of disappointment and discouragement. And you say, hey, I'm still standing in the goodness and the love of God. That's going to be my destination. That's going to be my reality. If you're in danger today, if you're in debt, if you're in disaster, if you're going through divorce, if you face dishonesty, if you've been depressed, I ran out of D's. I could come up with another 10, but I thought you'd get the point. Doesn't matter. Your declaration should be, surely goodness and love should follow me. What do you confess about your life? What did you declare? You see, David in this one verse just says, Whatever happens, I'm going to live in the goodness of God. See, when that becomes your reality, people of God, it changes everything. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes upon the vine, although there is no cattle in the stall, yet I will rejoice in God my Savior. 
You know what I love about these Old Testament people? They had a different understanding of God to us. It maybe wasn't quite as intimate, and, and it maybe wasn't quite as, as lovey-dovey as some of ours is, but it was so strong. It said, I don't, I don't mind. Listen, yeah, all the, all the measurements of this world might make me a failure in the eyes of people around me and in the ways that the, that the world judges, but I'm living in the goodness of God. I declare over my life today that goodness and love will follow me. See, when you begin to believe that, it changes everything. When you believe that the goodness and love of God will follow you, no matter what the situation, it changes how you look at the world. It changes how you look at the things that hit your life. Because you start to declare, hey, you know what? In this situation, I believe God can work all things together for good for those who trust him. That's my starting place. That's the place that I root my life in God. Surely goodness and love will follow me. Sometimes your reality and your circumstance suggest something different to that. So you have to make it a faith declaration. Sometimes you have to declare something until you start to believe it. Do you know that? Sometimes you've got to say, hey, I, this is my truth. This is what I believe. The circumstances don't, don't seem to, to suggest that. But I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to say, hey, this is where I make my stand in God. This is what I believe. Goodness and love will follow me. I might be confronted with difficulty today. But goodness and love is coming. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's what we believe. See, see, the modern society wants to say weeping shouldn't happen at all. But friends, that's wrong. It's as if we don't, shouldn't endure trials. Listen, the whole world understands we endure trials. We face difficulties. There is a season for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. We're not, we're not excluded from them. He's just said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow. See, today we want to say, I tread over the valley and I jump over it in the name of Jesus and I have no problems in Jesus' name. Amen. But friends, that sounds like frothy religion because it's not true. Because there's not a person here who doesn't know what it means to walk through the valley. There's not a person here who doesn't know what it means to sit and find Jesus in the midst of the battle that goes on. And so our confession has to be, hey, this might be my reality today, but the truth of my life is surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Whatever happens today, whatever confronts me, I'm going to be okay. You see, it's the goodness of God that is the guarantee for our lives. See, God is good. We used to sing that old song, God is good. We used to sing it. Anybody remember it? No, just me. We celebrate. See, it's the goodness of God. And, and there is a battle today to dispute the goodness of God, to undermine the goodness of God. But you just have to read the scriptures at any point, and the goodness of God comes out. That God is good, that he cares for us, that he loves us, that he's for us, not abundant. And if we can understand his goodness towards us, it changes us. Scriptures say, they tell of the power of your awesome works. I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. You see, that's what you believe. When you understand the goodness of God, it changes how you relate to him. It gives you confidence, even in the midst of the valley, even in the midst of difficulty. Hey, I don't know what's going on here, but I know who God is. Paul says it, doesn't he? I know who I have believed. 
He says, this is why I'm suffering as I am. He's in prison. If you read Paul's life, it reads like three shipwrecks. Not just one, folks. Three. Can you imagine getting back on a boat after the first shipwreck? But even worse, can you imagine getting back on a boat after the second? I'd be like, two, I'm going to call it a day. Paul's like, no, I still believe in the goodness of God. I still believe that God's with me. Three shipwrecks, three stonings. Hello. I'm still believing in the goodness of God. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able. Friends, what are you persuaded of about God this morning? See, if you're persuaded that goodness and love will follow you, it changes everything. It changes it when it all goes wrong at the work. It changes it when, when situations happen in families. It changes it when your finances get, get wrecked by an unexpected thing. It changes it when uh, you get disappointed with other people. Because what your outcome is, is, oh, this is a disaster. No, friends, this is still part of the plan of God. He's still going to bring goodness and love into your life out of it. See, that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. That's what it means to carry in your heart. It's not just simply, well, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and everything's going to be rosy. No, it's even though it's difficult, I'm still going to believe that the goodness and love of God surrounds me. Hallelujah. How many of you know that's a faith step right there? See, too many people want to live a life of faith without exercising faith. I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great, but you've also got to believe that goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. And in the midst of hell, that becomes hard, but it's an essential skill to learn because we're going to follow him and do what he's called us to do. Psalmist says this in Psalm 27, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I love that, in the land of the living. He says, you know, even in my life, while I'm still alive, I'm going to see the goodness of God. He just doesn't say, well, you know, uh, I'm going to see the goodness of God when I'm dead. I mean, that's true. We'll get on to that in a minute. But he says, you know what? I'm going to see the goodness of God. I'm confident of it. I'm confident that God will bless my life, even though this is difficult, even though I'm going through opposition, even though I'm not where I want to be in life. I'm confident that the goodness of God is upon my life. Listen, some of you today, you're having to sit in that place. Hey, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not what I thought this would be. I thought I'd be in a different place just now. Friends, don't panic. Don't throw away your confidence, the Bible says. But learn to say, hey, surely, absolutely, definitely, certainly, I'm going to live in the goodness and love that will follow my life. Because it makes a difference to how you live. Secondly, his second declaration is this. First is, whatever happens, I'm going to live in the goodness of God. Secondly, wherever today takes me, He's with me. He said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Don't you love that? It means every day. See, not just the good days, but the bad days. Not just the days when you're surrounded by hope, but the days when you're surrounded by fear. Not just the days when you've got abundance, but the days when you have lack. Not the days that you're hopeful, but the days when you're overwhelmed. All the days of your life. There is nothing that can happen in your life that God isn't with you. See, one of the greatest promises of the Bible is that God is with his people. See, and that has to be a reality for us. God is with me. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't always feel that God is with me. You know, I don't get up in the morning and go, thank you, Lord, I'm ready. I'm going to just overcome all the forces of darkness today before breakfast. I don't feel like that. I kind of feel tired, feel kind of 
anxiety. I feel all the tensions of the world. But actually, what I've also come to realize is that God is with me. And his presence in my life changes how I approach day by day. His, cha- his presence in my life means that all the days of my life, listen, when I'm having a good day and I feel full of faith, he's with me. Listen, when I'm having a bad day and I've disappointed him and I've disappointed myself, he's with me all the days of my life. There isn't a day of your life that God isn't there. Come on, people of God, that's good news, isn't it? There isn't a day when you've screwed up and messed up that God is going, well, I'm not going to stay with him today. I'll tell you, friends, some of you wouldn't stay near me if you knew what was in my heart. And here's the deal, I wouldn't bother pastoring you. Because when we know each other, we see all the stuff that's in us. But there isn't a day in my life that God said to me, you're not good enough for me today. Don't you love that? There's been many days I've said, you know what, God, I'm not good enough for you. And he said, actually, my grace is sufficient for you, Dave. Today is not a day that I'm not interested in your life. See, there isn't a day like that. And I want you to understand, people of God, wherever in your life, wherever today takes you, he is surrounding you. The psalmist understood this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I set on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, it's the promise of his presence in our lives that changes us in the world. That's why we need to understand this reality. That's why it needs to be my declaration. That's why you need to start the day with, Lord, whatever happens today, I know that you are with me all the days of my life. Lord, I'm dealing with my failure today, but I know you're with me. I'm not on my own. Lord, my friends have rejected me today, but I know that you are with me. I'm not on my own. That's real, isn't it? Lord, people have misunderstood me and said things about me today that aren't true, but I know that you know the truth and that you're still with me. Because you know the truth is worse than anything anybody knows, isn't it? But Lord, I know you're still with me. So my declaration is, wherever I find myself, wherever I find myself in life, he is with me. He surrounds me, and his presence changes us. I love that story in the book of Exodus when uh, the Lord is leading Moses and the people of Israel, and he says, go, and Moses says to him, I will not go anywhere unless you come with me. See, that's sensible, isn't it? He says, how will anyone know that we are your people unless you come with us? That's still the biggest question that the world needs to see. A church that knows that the Lord is with them. Because a church that knows that the Lord is with them will live differently in the world. See, if we know he's with us, which is the biggest promise in the scripture, it draws us to worship him. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Friends, you know, every time I uh, read that, it challenges me deeply. Because I can imagine where I could spend a thousand days. But if I believe that he's with me, it's better One day in his courts, in his presence, is better than a thousand elsewhere because it's in his presence that I'm drawn to become a worshiper, that I find in my worship the real meaning of what it means to be a follower of God. Is that it's not about me, it's about him. How many of you knew that? It's not about you, it's about him. We are followers of Jesus. We are distinct from every other people on the face of the earth because our faith is in Christ Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior and we come as worshipers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen, Dave. It's all right to say something. It's all right to look alive, by the way, as well. I mean, that doesn't hurt. 
I'm joking. See, his presence draws us to worship. His presence gives us confidence to live. His presence gives us peace. It provides encouragement to us. Jesus said, you'll hear the voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. He said, you'll hear the spirit teaching you to walk. It's his presence that brings that. Friends, we need to be so dependent upon the spirit and the word because the word brings uh, uh, separation. It brings a, a penetration into our lives. Then the spirit can guide us. And all of a sudden we feel that sense of uh, being led by the spirit of God. It brings us security. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? You see, you need to declare that he's with you, because when you understand he's with you, you deal with trouble differently. You deal with situations that have come against you from a place of security and from a place of peace. You're able to say, you know what, God, I don't understand, but I know that you're with me. So because you're with me and your rod and your staff, they surround me and comfort me, then I will fear no evil. It's because, and and you know, the truth is, guys, this is the the nitty gritty of what it means to be a Christian. I, 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 I think sometimes we... We're in danger of trying to turn following Jesus into a good life plan. You know, if we do this, then everything's going to be great. We're going to be blessed and we're going to experience all the goodness of God. Friends, that's true. But actually, that's not the reason. That is a side effect of following Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. We live in a world that's trying to add all those things to us and then seek God's kingdom. Friends, it doesn't work. never has done. Sometimes you've got to say, I'm not going to worry about those things. I'm going to make God first. I'm going to declare wherever I go today, he is with me. That's my reality. And if that's my reality, then it changes everything that comes out of that. David declares this life-changing truth. All the days of my life. (laughs) See, isn't that amazing? See, the psalmist says that all the days ordained for you were written in his book before one of them came into being. That's a big statement, isn't it? God knows. See, somehow we like to live as if we have control or as if we can determine the outcome. But friends, we can't. Some of us stop trying to pretend that we're God and recognize that God's in control. If God chooses for the stars to fall out of the sky tomorrow... Who's going to stop him? If God demands that it's your time today, who can can say, no, Lord, it's not? See, that's the God we believe in. And so we need to come and understand his presence with us changes everything. All the days of my life. And then his third declaration is this. Whenever it's my time, I know where I'm going. He says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an amazing statement that is. See, I think sometimes we forget these amazing statements in the Bible. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, Christianity is not about your experience just in your, your, this, this, this world now. Eternal life is about forever. 
Eternal life is about dwelling with him. And I love this because he just says, I mean, I don't know about you, but David has a revelation of God for an Old Testament king, which is quite baffling. I think he understands God better than most of us here today. With all our revelation of the New Testament and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, I think he has a greater understanding of what it means to be a child of God. He says, you know what? Not only am I safe with him, not only is he with me every day, but I will dwell in his house always, forever. I don't know about you, but doesn't that get you excited? Doesn't that get you just a little bit stirred up? See, that's the object of our faith. Friends, the object of our faith is not that we believe in Jesus and we have a bit of fun on this earth and we live and we have an answer to all our prayers. That's not what Jesus taught ever, by the way. He taught us to repent of our sin and follow him. I had a conversation with someone not long ago who said, well, I don't really think people have to repent anymore. Jesus wants to save everybody. And it was difficult, you know, because I love this person. I said to him, well, I'm really sorry, but that's not what I believe. That's not what the Bible teaches, if I can understand. Jesus says that we have to, Jesus came to die for sins. And he called all men to repent and believe. And we repent and believe, not just so we're made better. We repent and believe so we escape hell. Hello. We repent and believe because we want to enter into eternal life. Because we repent and believe because we want to live and dwell in his house forever. Friends, if that's not your hope today as a Christian, you need to reposition your hope from focusing on this world to focusing on the eternal life that God promises you. Because that's why Jesus died. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can have a better life experience now. He died on the cross. That's a, con that's a, that's a consequence of his salvation. But he died on the cross so that you could enter into eternal life. He died on the cross so that you could come into his kingdom. And David says, you know what? The Lord is with me. Surely, certainly, absolutely, definitely, God is going to give me. Goodness and love will surround my life everywhere I go. But here's the kicker. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, that's the hope of the church. That's the hope that you have to carry in your heart. When people ask you why you believe, don't you say, well, you know, Jesus was an interesting historical figure. Yes, he was, friends, but he believed that he was taking you to heaven. Because he says in John chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in me and uh, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, hey, in my father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you so that you may be where I am. Where's that? In the house. In the house, in the place where he dwells. Jesus understood that his primary purpose in the cross was to bring you into the Father's house. And so we need to carry that in our hearts. You know what? I'm Whatever happens, whenever it's my time. Friends, I don't know how long we're going to live in this life. We live as if we're going immortal and then we realize we're not. But whenever it happens, I know I'm going to be with him. See, that's the faith declaration you're going to start to put in your heart. How you're going to overcome the obstacles of life. You're going to overcome the obstacles because the one who is in you is greater than the one who's in the world. You're going to overcome the obstacles because actually he's overcome the greatest obstacle, which is death, to open up life to you. And so you've got to start to declare it. Whenever it's my time, I'm not going to fear death. We're going to bury Lily this week, 101. She's followed Jesus for many, many years. And uh, we're going to rejoice and we're going to commit her into the presence of God. And friends, you know what? I have done a lot of funerals in the last 30 years. And there is a difference, friends, between those who have faith and those who don't. Because there is a sense of, I've gone into my father's house. And so you've got to declare over your life, hey, when that, whatever my time is up, I know where I'm going. You might not have all the answers. You might not have all the situations sorted that we want. 
The goal of life is not to have everything you want. The goal of life is to know God and serve him. And so what's your declaration this morning? As we come to the end of our service, what's your declaration? So you find it with Paul, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I don't know about you, but I want to talk to Paul about that when I get to heaven. Because that's such a big statement, isn't it? Before I was married, I used to say, for me to live is Christ. I'd like to get married. And then, obviously, we can go on with gaining then. Because my view of eternity was wrong. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I wonder this morning, is that, is that the reality for you? See, I just think it's such an important verse. Surely your goodness and love will follow me. See, our hope is not simply having a better life, but it is being with God in eternity. Listen to this, Paul writing to the Corinthians. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we be renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I want you just to think about the light and momentary troubles that you've had to walk through in the last few years. Some of them are heavy, aren't they? Some of them are big burdens. And if we view them only in the light of this world, they can become overwhelming. If our reality is all about this, then it can become overwhelming. But if we step back and say, you know, when it's my time, I'm going to be with him. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The burden starts to lift. Because we see those burdens for what they really are. They're just the afflictions of life that God is bringing us into eternity. They're just the challenges that we all walk through. The things that we have to face. But God's promise for us goes into eternity. Friends, I, I need you to hear the urgency in my heart today. This is critical for the church. Paul says, if only for this life I have hope in Christ, I am to be pitied by all men. You know, that's why so much of the world just pities us and thinks we're weird. Because they think it's just about today. They think we're doing all this just to be nicer people. If only they came in a church to realize that wasn't true, wouldn't they? We're doing it because we believe that Jesus Christ has opened the way for us to come into his father's house. And he's taking us to be with him. And so the declaration of our lives is not, hey, hey, how together am I because I'm a Christian? Because the truth is we're all in stages of togetherness and untogetherness. That's a word. The declaration of our life is, you know, Whatever happens, surely goodness and love will follow me. Wherever I am, he's with me. And whenever my time is up, I'm going to go into his kingdom and live with him. I want us to listen to a song now, just as we close. I haven't really got a way to end this sermon. Um, we're going to just play a bit of song called The Goodness of God. It's a lovely song. And uh, just declaring something about God. I just want you to f fix your hearts this morning before we leave on the goodness of God. That goodness and love will follow you. I know that some of you have walked through valleys. I know that some of you are facing difficult situations. I'm not trying to demean any of that. 
I understand that. I'm just trying to get you to lift your eyes today. That God is our hope. David understood it. Surely goodness and love. Some of you need to declare that over your life today. It feels as if all the goodness is gone. All the circumstances of life have piled in. And you're saying, where where are you, God? You've got to start declaring it. It's a faith thing. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Because it's the goodness of God that surrounds our lives. You know, in church, I just want you to take it on board this morning. You know, I, I think it's a really important thing. We're declaring over our lives, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What an incredible verse. What, what a verse of, of encouragement and exhortation to our lives as we follow Jesus. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's the road isn't difficult. I'm not saying that there won't be times when you want to sit down and just stop, but I'm saying to your friends, Whatever happens, what you declare over your life changes how you will follow Jesus. And so I want you to remember this week. I want you to remember this year. I want you to just say, you know what? I'm going to declare this verse over my life today. As I go from this place, as I start work this week, as I face all kinds of challenges, it's going to be a verse that comes back to me again and again. Surely, goodness and love will follow my life. I'm going to believe it. Whatever happens, the goodness of God is going to be in my life. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what the world says. I believe what God says, that goodness and love will follow me wherever I go, all the days of my life. There's not a day that I, he won't be with me. There's not a day or a moment when he'll turn away from me. He turned away from his son on the cross, so he doesn't have to turn away from me. And then one day, I will dwell forever with him. That's the hope of the Christian faith right there. That one day when I finish this life, I will live with him in a place that he's prepared for me. And so, Lord, we thank you for the goodness of God. We thank you, Lord, for, Lord, the reality of it. We thank you for the life-changing power of the goodness of God. But we thank you today that we can put our hope in who you are and what you've done for us. And so we rejoice today. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, your goodness runs after us, Lord. Lord, that you come after us, Lord, and you bless us. Lord, when we get, Lord, knocked down, Lord, when we get, uh, Lord, distracted, when we get diverted, Lord, you come after us, Lord. You are the good shepherd who comes after the sheep, Lord. Lord, you are the, uh, the mother, the wife, Lord, who looks for the coin that went missing, Father. Lord, you are the father who looked for the son because of your goodness. Lord, help us to declare the truth today. Lord, wherever we're at, Lord, help us to declare it over our lives. Lord, help us to declare it, Lord, with faith, Lord. Help us to declare it in the absence of the evidence, Lord. Help us to say, surely goodness and love will follow my life. Lord, may that declaration of your word, Lord, change our perspective today. May that declaration of your truth, Lord, change our uh, attitudes today, Lord, to the future that we have because you are with us. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made a way for us to share in the house of the Lord forever. And Lord, I just thank you for your word today, and I pray your blessing upon us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless the church.